and welcome to Heroes Johnny's Reviews, the Mayfair Review podcast that will slice and dice or praise and hype a movie each and every month. Uh, there's a thing, and as it's August, I'm doing awesomely awful August movies that the one thinks is awesome, but may indeed be awful. In this podcast, I'm covering a full moon features take on killer toys. Puppet Master, coming out in 1989, one year after Child's Play. Coincidence? Hmm. I remember seeing this video cover uh, at my local video shop, sitting pride in place right on top of the horror section. Something that I could never run away reach. Right beside Child Play, Demonic Toys and Dolls. Also, weirdly Tremors, but moving on. By the way, that's coming soon. I never actually rented it due to me hearing bad things about it in the school playground, so I never knew the <coughs> joys of Full Moon until later on in my life. I instead rented horror icons Freddy, Michael and Jason, my favourite being Nightmare Elm Street. Anyway, back to this one. Full Moon features a first release. If you don't know Full Moon features, think canon a bit cheaper to horror. Anyway, as I said, this was Fillman's Features' first movie, Puppet Master from 1989. So, with no strings attached, let's dive into this one. With its $400,000 budget, this was straight to tape, so pulled in unknown. Although, this was a height of straight to tape movies, so I'm guessing a fuck ton of money. And so a franchise was born, 13 movies in total, beating Freddy, Jason and Michael, and also Pinhead. Starring Paul Lamatt. Irene Merkel, Jamie Skaggs, and William Hickey, directed by David Schmoller. Other plot, a puppet maker's suicide in the 1940s to keep his secret of his living dolls away from the Nazis, weirdly, is trying to be solved by a group of psychics in a hotel in Bodega Bay in the 1980s. During the investigations, the Puppet Master's toys come to life to seek her revenge. Can these pint-sized killers be stopped? What is the Puppet Master's secret? And who makes the killer toys? I find out here. So, the movie opens up on extreme close-ups of puppet heads as a creepy amerigaro music plays. And his theme is a bloody well earworm and as creepy as all hell. Finally, after two and a half minutes, this fucking opening drags, the movie opens up on a beach hotel. Uh, note, the hotel isn't actually there, it's a miniature held over the camera using fishing wire. Look, it's on the cliff top. Even though it looks like matte painting, but moving on. Up uh, pops uh, the hotel name, the Bodega Bay Inn. And it's 1939. And a note, a Bodega Bay is also where Hitchcock's other birds, Jim Archives, takes place. So there's a weird connection there. In one upstairs window on lookout is a Burmese opera marionette puppet called Zawagi. I think I pronounced his name. The Magician. The camera pans across the room. We see dozens of unfinished puppets. Then on to Andre Toulon, played by the late William Hickey, as he's putting his finger touches to one of his puppets, a Jester, the spinning head Joker of the pack. Outside, 
and we see a POV shot of something small running outside. It's another puppet, Blade, the hooked hand and blade handed leader of the pack. He's doing recon on the hotel. And by the way, nobody sees this little thing running a riot. Of course, suppose only one dog reacts to it. Nobody notices the bloody thing. Moving on. In a hotel room, Toulon brings Jester to life by saying a few magical words. As outside, two Nazi spies pull up to kill slash take in Toulon. Blade is on their tail. In the room, Toulon is warned by his magician puppet. Nazis are on their way. He tells a worried-faced Jester. He has three faces, by the way. Worried, crying and angry, seeking revenge. He'll look after them. In walks the Nazis with Blade hot on their tail. So no one sees this teeny little SS doll with a hooked hand and a knife on the other hand running around. As I said earlier, bullshit is a fucking full-on bustling hotel. I mean, okay then. I mean, even runs across the piano at one point and plays a tune. Anybody notices this thing? Okay. Up in this hotel room, Toulon hides his puppet's trunk in a hidden room and then blows his head off with a revolver. Meanwhile, Blade has taken a lift to the room just in time to be packed away with the others. And note, it took five puppeteers to work on Blade as he was a rod puppet. So the Nazis arrive too late as Toulon has blown his head off. Cut to Yale University, present day, 1989. Psychic medium Alex Whitaker, played by Paul Lamatt. He's having a nightmare about a man holding a girl hostage, then pulls a gun to shoot her. Karen. In fact, this is the start of his weird-ass fucking dreams. He has about six or seven or something like that. I mean, this whole thing is a rip-off nightmare now, also. Moving on, he then has visions of leeches sucking on his blood, even though he's not the one that dies in leeches, but moving on. And, my god, these leeches look cheap! I mean, and they are beyond fake. Not to worry, however, it's a nightmare. It's just a dream, dream. God, this movie nightmares. Cut to that night at a carnival where Screen Queen Barbara Crampton is getting her fortune told by a fairground psychic who gets everything wrong. But suddenly she is a psychic flash of her own death. Okay. Cut to New York in some office buildings. Do we meet psychic number three? Clarissa Stamford, played by Catherine O'Reilly. She's trying to do a remote reading on a subject, test subject, as said subject is to think about the most exotic, sorry, erotic dreams. Okay then, and what is it with the 70s and 80s and psychic powers and remote reading? Can we say CIA? I think we can. Anyway, this doesn't work. Her perverted male counterpart is annoyed she isn't getting the hardcore thoughts that he's getting. Okay then. The telephone rings and it's Alex phoning to ask if they've been contacted by the mysterious presence. They all say yes. Cut to the hotel. As meet psychic number five, Dana Hadley, played by Irene Miracle. Seems she's a white witch and Alex can't stand her for unknown reasons. And what's about the 80s and witchcraft also, I mean, for crying out loud. And her witchcraft stuff never bloody works. <sighs> also in hotel is psychic number six, Megan Gallagher, played by Robin F Freight, I think I pronounce her name. Psychic number four introduces herself. Uh, he's the male 
sort of introduce him to a brother. He's male counterpart in a side experiment. He is Frank Forrester, played by Matt Ray. Megan tells them their colleague Neil Gallagher, played by Jamie Skaggs, is dead. He killed himself like, a few days earlier. And they had to wait until the all up for he was going to get buried the next day, as you do. Cut to them all standing around a coffin as Megan tells them he shot himself in the head. I left a note saying he has to be buried after they all show up, as I said. This is fucking the start of the weird shit. So that night, he'll... So the next night, rather, he'll be buried. She then tells him they'll have to stay the night. Okay, then. The others leave, leaving Frank and Carissa behind to test if Neil was actually dead by stabbing him with a pin. No, wait, it's actually Dana. That does that with a huge-ass hat pin straight through the chest. And if he was supposed to be alive in that coffin, how the fuck did he fake that? Oh, by the way, this Dana is the fairground psychic from earlier. So we'll be that one sorted. Megan then shows Alex to his room. The two flirt in the elevator in her room. Dana shows housekeeper uh, Teresa, played by Muse Small, how to cleanse a room using hickory and an eagle feather. Okay then. Then she brushes her with a psychic protection and wants her to stay from a fireplace. The fuck movie. Anywho, this book's the housekeeper. So she spies through the keyhole. Seems Dana is talking to a stuffed dog. I will go back to that dog later. In his room, Alex is putting away his things. He picks up a postcard of the hotel dining hall and has a psychic flash of Megan dancing with a masked man. It's Neil who tells him he can't save her as he pulls a gun in her. Back to the housekeeper as she's showing Frank and Carsa. Uh, Calissa even, their room in the elevator. Calissa has a psychic flash of a woman being raped in the elevator. Wait, it's Neil. And the housekeeper knew about this, but never told Megan. The fuck? It seems our boy Neil here is a bit of a fucking charlatan and a complete utter bastard, but... Moving on. In the room, uh, Calissa is... Arriving on the bed, getting psychic flashbacks of people having sex. So her power has to be picked up on sex and only sexual emotions. Okay then. So there's five or six psychic, powerful psychics are being drawn to this hotel. I'm guessing they're upon The Shining. Such a world hotel. Yet not one can actually tell they're in danger from killer puppets or indeed Nihilus who's still alive. Okay then that night. From inside Neil's coffin, out comes Pinhead, a puppet with a tiny head and huge hands. And note, these hands are stuntwoman's Cindy Saracen, or Saracen even. Also, this shot took to animate, as this was indeed stop motion. Cut to the group at a dining hall table, sitting down to eat dinner, in walks Megan to answer some questions. Such as why she married Neil. Also, the hotel is owned by her after her parents died a few years earlier, mysteriously. Mmm, Neil done it. He then married her to get to the hotel, which he tore apart looking for something. Finally, one day he stopped all these stuff by renovating the house, I mean, uh, the hotel rather. Um, he then spent several months locked away in a secret hidden room. Ooh, suspicious. Uh, Dina tells Megan Neil was a quite utter bastard uh, and a utter con man. 
who only married her to get her money, and this pisses off Megan. She runs off, so Alec follows her to explain who they are and how they know Neil. Seems Frank was into Egyptian magic, i.e. bringing things back from the dead, or bringing things to life even. Dana is a fake fortune teller, but has magical powers. Uh, in fact, she hunted down Toulon by, I don't know, magic? Calissa is empath who only senses people's feelings and emotions, most powerful sex ones. And finally, Alex is a lucid dreamer who gets visions of the future. So later that night, the housekeeper is killed by Pinhead with a fire poker after he messes around with her up at the piano. So much for magic prediction spells then, as I says, Dana's magic is a bit shitness. Megan screams and then faints after she seals Neil's body sitting in an armchair. This bit goes on for a while. Is he dead or he not dead? What the fuck? The group then puts him back in his coffin and look for answers. Which I don't fucking get. Wait, hold on a minute. You're trying to tell me these puppets were hidden for 50 years until Neil found them, brought them back to life to get revenge? Why? Who thought this was a good idea? Also, why is this called Puppet Master if Toulon died in the first, first fucking five bloody well minutes? Anyway, the group leave. He passed out Megan to search for answers. All but Alex, who awaits her awakening. Because he fancies her, I'm guessing. Alex tells... Uh, well, once she awakes, rather. Uh, Alex tells her it must have been a house mood that moved Neil's body. He then tells her he had a nightmare about her and not to worry. Okay, then. That night, while in a bathtub, Clister picks up on two female females having sex in the tub. It seems they're navy. So Frank uh, tells her to tune into Neil's sex life that somehow led to Neil's experimentation room. Say what now? Megan is inspired on by Jester as she checks on Neil's body in the coffin and this goes fucking nowhere. Meanwhile, Frank uh, plays a sex game with uh, Calista. Alex finds Donna casting spells in the hallway to put protection spell on everyone using a chicken foot but she puts on his hand. This again doesn't work. As in the room, Frank and Clister have sex. Too bad, once Frank is bound and blindfolded, Lady Leech, a puppy who vomits up bleaches, kills Frank by forcing leeches on his body and it drains his blood, but there's only like four leeches. Karen. And note, Lady Leech. Leech's mouth was foam latex, so it could have the fake leeches forced down its out of its mouth. Three quarters of which would only fit, so some fucking figure camera angles the rest of the fake leech was placed also note she's killed off in part two to be replaced by six shooter a six armed cowboy puppet with six tiny little six shooter guns set one ten times fast alex runs to his room finds dana's voodoo doll of him so burns it why should we get a voodoo doll of him too bad he has Blade in his room who runs out to take on Dana, who wrote this stuff, but I think it has more padding than a fucking drag queen's ass. I mean, it's another 20 minutes, but this thing drags and is padded to high heavens. Anyway, back to Dana, who's reading tarot cards while talking to her stuffed doll. Blade runs to her room and uses a chair to spy on Dana. He then spies on Frank and Chris are having sex, even... Tunneler, a puppet for drilling his head, spies on them. The fuck? Eclister leaves Frank tied up. 
She is then killed by Tunneler, who drills straight into her head, leaving Lady Leach to kill Frank. She vomits like she's on his body, and they suck out all of his blood. Uh, again, there's only like six or actually four or six leeches. It would take a lot more not to kill somebody. Anyway, he doesn't feel her little teeny hands in his body and think something's up. Uh, next to die is now drunk Dana, who bumps into Alex, who is taking a walk around the dark hallways for reasons. Blade is in her room, so is Neil's now upright body, sitting in a chair with a drink in his hand. Okay. So did Neil bring back the puppets to kill himself and then have the puppets bring him back to life? Or is he not dead and he's just messing with the others? It's not explained and who cares? She casts a spell on him to put him to sleep. Too bad Pinhead is in the room also. And she attacks him by attacks her rather by snapping her ankle. Okay. She then goes on to choke her and punches the shit out of her fucking face. She bellies away by throwing him down a stairwell. Too bad Blade is next on her as she barely escapes, crawling to the elevator to get away. This stupid bitch then goes down to the lobby, so Pinhead punches her to death, and then Blade slices her throat with his well-bladed hand. For good believe well news. Later, Megan visits Alex in his room, who tells him of Neil's experimentation room. Here they find a huge empty ballroom, and she has a dance with Neil as Alex just watches on. The fuck is this movie? Is this another dream? Why, yes it is! At extremes of Neil Punk a gun and shooting Megan. He wakes up. No, wait. It's a dream of a dream! That goddamn old fucking chestnut. God damn you, Nightmare on Street. As he sees Frank, Clisser and Dana's cut-off heads at the base of his bed. The fuck? He finally wakes up to Megan knocking at his door. She takes him to the ballroom. I swear to God, if it's not a goddamn... Fucking nightmare. This is getting an instant zero to ten. I am done with these fucking nightmares. Jesus, jinkies. Nope, she opens the door and shows him one of Neil's notebooks, which talks about two ones. Puppets, this is the experimentation room. Another psychic flash of Neil sitting in a chair in a ballroom holding Dana's stuffed dog, about to blow his head off, but he shoots Alex instead. Say what? With that, he grabs... Megan and runs to the dining hall. Here, Neil has all the bodies on display in the dining room, along with all of the puppets. Neil comes out of the shadows to bond a villain monologue his entire plan to live forever and use Tulan's Egyptian magic spell. Where the spell comes from, who cares? And who knows? Now, I actually explained, I think it's actually explained any of the fucking movies, but I could be wrong. I've listened to about three or four of these. He continues, he had to kill them all due to them being psychically linked. Well, if that was a fucking case, why the hell did it not see this one coming then? For crying out loud, like I said, there's supposed to be the six most psychics in the world, but moving on. He continues. He killed Megan's parents to get to Megan and the hotel to hunt down for two ones, magic and indeed his puppets. Now he's alive forever. He doesn't need these fucking useless puppets. This doesn't sit well with the puppets. So they go to town on Neil, who then beats up Alex, uh, Megan saves him by hitting over him with a vase and they both run. But there's no way out as Housekeeper has came back to life and has locked all the doors and is standing guard over Neil's 
real body? Say what now? This goes fucking nowhere. Neil then beats up Alex some more. So somehow Neil ends up in the elevator and here the puppets attack. First Pinhead uh, locks him in the elevator and snaps his leg but Neil pulls off his little Pinhead. Then Tunneler drills through his clearly broken leg. Next as Neil tries to escape via the escape hatch as Pinhead fumbles to get his head back in. Uh, blade cuts off his fingers for reasons. How fucking sharp is this little blade, by the way? Anyway, note that blood had to be changed to green unless this wanted an X rating. Finally, they all hold him down while Tunnel drills into his neck and Lady Leech makes him swallow a leech. Alex just stands there in shock as this is happening. So what happened to the housemaid? Who the fuck cares? Choking on the leech and Tunneler drawing through his neck, Neil finally dies as his neck is snapped. Okay. Megan falls to the fucking floor screaming, STOP! Alex comforts her, it then fades to black. What the actual fuck? Cut to the next day, Alex leaves via taxi, leaving Megan alone with the puppets and Dana's dog, which magically comes to life as credits roll. So, that was Puppet Master. Before I give this my rating, I want to talk about the DVD I have, which is terribly cropped, grainy as fuck image, and has awful, barely legible sound. I will give these 2000 DVD a fucking miss. It is shocking. Anyway, on to the movie. The puppets get barely five minutes of screen time. The puppet, the, the kills rather are poor and are off screen for a majority. The story doesn't even make any fucking sense and the gore is lacking. Plus, for an hour and 20 minute movie, this thing fucking drags. And it is boring as Fucking hell, hell, this is a sin for this movie. It is boring. Also, why the fuck is this an 18? We get one boop shot and all the kills are off fucking well screen. I'm going to give this thing a very generous 4 out of 10. This drags. Has become a franchise beyond me. So, come back next week as I look at Basket Case and then I wrap up the month with Flash Gordon. So, get to like, share, comment and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod. Email me my suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check out my other horror franchise podcast of House, Hellraiser, Jaws, Piranha, Aliens and more. Also my solo podcast of They, Lin- they Live, End of Days, Elvira, Mr. Dark and many, many more. Hey, bye. And remember, I watch these bad movies so you don't have to. You don't have to pull some strings and watch a good killer doll movie. Tatty, bye.